This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to our final segment of Real Presence Live on this beautiful Friday morning. I'm Teresa Curley. And I am Dylan Reinhardt. We've had a great morning. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. I'm I'm just so exuberant with joy right now, too. A lot of energy coming in, so, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dylan, we have a friend of yours on the line. Can you introduce her? Yes. So this morning, for this last segment, we have with us Maggie Vincent, who was a teammate of mine last year here at South Dakota State University, and she is currently up at the University of Mary as a missionary, and she also graduated from the University of Mary, so she's back at her alma mater serving as a missionary. Yeah. So Maggie, thanks for being with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Dylan. I'm excited to be here. Mm. So, Maggie, who are you? Give us an introduction of who you are, where you come from, where'd you go to school, all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Well, I'm a West girl, a West Coast girl. Um, been in the Midwest about six years now, but originally mm. from a small logging town called Hopeliam. It's about two hours from Seattle. Uh, yeah, big Catholic family. My parents converted um, about five years into their marriage. So mm. I have seven siblings, often various locations. Um, a lot of them have different positions in life, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I loved growing up on the West Coast, and then mm. I headed off to the University of Mary for college. So mm. came to North Dakota, had never been to the Midwest, spent four years there, got my undergraduate degree in communication with an emphasis in public relations, and then also in Catholic studies. Uh, and then my senior year, accepted a position with Focus Ministries, and then, yeah, I spent the next year uh, working with you at South Dakota State, and now I have transferred back, and I'm working here as a full-time missionary, um, as well as a graduate student in their Catholic Studies program. Wow. So a missionary and a student at the same time. Again, I don't yes. understand how people have time for this. It's awesome. <laughs> so awesome. Yes, it's definitely an exercise in time management, but it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, Maggie. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. To start, I would love to hear and would love to share with the viewers and the listeners right now, so what inspired you to apply and to become a focus missionary? Mm, that's such an awesome question. I think the main thing, um, obviously there's so many elements that play into this, as I'm sure most people can relate with their own stories, um, mm. being called into a specific vocation, but... I think that for me, it was as simple as the example of a very dedicated upperclassman in my life. Uh, so I came in as a freshman, and yeah, I have the background of being a Catholic and definitely have the desire to grow in my faith, um, had big dreams, uh, but nothing that was ever going to correlate with ministry work, especially on a college mm-hmm. campus. A lot of my dreams definitely geared more towards, yeah, just the public relations field, um, essentially places where, yeah, I can make a name for myself. And so I attribute a lot of this to the upperclassman in my life who, she was a junior, invited me into her Bible study. Uh, and then, yeah, I bounced around a lot. I studied abroad. I was in tons of clubs. But uh, this student um, working through Focus just really always gave me a home to come back to. Uh, her friendship was authentic, and that was something I was really craving, especially at that point in my life. And, yeah, throughout the years, she just walked with me and journeyed with me in a personal way. But then during the school year, in a formal way, um, coaching me to lead a Bible study, um, mm-hmm. to start investing in women that were younger than me as I started um, getting older and older. Uh, and so that, uh, you know, finally led to this experience and encounter with the Lord, um, because I saw this woman who I just greatly admired, 
uh, who had her own journey with the Lord that was um, unfolding before my eyes. It made me realize when the time came for me and there was that new chapter on the horizon, I thought, okay, like maybe I can try this too. So she convinced me to go to the interview weekend for Focus, which um, they go ahead and they just kind of lay out all the different aspects of being a missionary, and they also lay out what the need is. And I remember there was a very specific quote that they brought up in one of the talks, and it said, this generation of Catholics is responsible for this generation of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I think that's where the rubber hit the road. It was like, I had this desire to serve, and it was dormant in my heart. Um, And I really enjoyed receiving from this upperclassman, from all the other focused missionaries in the culture that you marry. Uh, But I think I'd been holding back just a little bit. And when I heard that, I heard that call to, to mission, I realized uh, we're not meant to just receive, we're also meant to give, because a heart um, that is well-formed does both things well. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, it was just that authentic friendship, that example, um, that led me to finally take the step um, and the big mm. leap to actually go on mission, for real. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Maggie. Yeah. So, you're at the University of Mary. University of Mary is a great spot. Um, a big reason I wanted to invite you as well onto the show today is to allow there to be a broader outreach into the campuses that are in the viewing area, you know, up in Bismarck and Fargo and all these places. Like, we have so many connections in these yeah. places. And the University of Mary and Monsignor Shea, like, great, great witnesses um, as a culture and Monsignor as, yeah, a speaker and an influencer in the faith. Um, just so beautiful to have that within, yeah, Real Presence Radio's viewing and listening area. I want you to share, you know, before we jump into a few different things that we have with, like, discipleship and focus in particular and how you've been working with the women, how has the culture of the University of Mary influenced you and your ability to live out that call to missionary discipleship? Ooh, I love this. It's so good. Um, well, I think to start off, it's really important for me to share with the listeners that, yeah, I came from the West Coast. I knew no- nobody in North Dakota. And so literally the University of Mary and um, just their marketing and the way they drew me in was through the way they shared their vision of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monsignor would use so many, so much language that had to do with what does it mean to be a virtuous leader? Um, so yeah, what does it work mean to be a Catholic and want to be integrated into your community? and to be like the leaven, you know, um, like mm. the Pope Francis is so adamant about the lay people being involved and being a part of the Church's mission. And even in, like, the literature I received as a potential student, that, mm. yeah, that was just so present. Uh, and so that got me excited. And then when I arrived, it's just this hidden gem, <laughs> you know? I mean, you come in and you're just in the middle of North Dakota, and there it is on the hill. It's just this mm. little place where... Um, People, well, especially the Benedictine sisters who jump-started this whole thing, they've really taken it upon themselves to say, what does it mean to form students that are servants of truth, servants of um, the Lord and His work, but also what does it mean to have students who are capable to share that share that in their jobs, whether you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, mm. um, you know, you own a small business in your community. How do you live out those virtues that I think the faith asks us to live out so beautifully? So I think Mm. that they've done such a great job, and it's incredible. And in my experience, exactly what happened, it really purified what I desired as a young adult, because I think I really had good desires to be seen, to be known, to do great things. But there was this this little seed of, it's for my glory, it's for Mm. me. You know what I would have thought about it in that way myself at the time? That's Mm. probably not how I would have thought of it. But growing there, 
the culture, especially in the professors, is very much like, who are you? What are your desires? What are your big questions? But then how do you answer those questions in a spirit of humility? Um, mm. I remember so many times, even uh, as students, you know, we'd get awards and things. Um, the conversation that always goes around receiving the awards or the awards that are given are for servant leadership. Mm. And the attitude is, what does it mean to have humility? So are we learning things because it's beautiful and good to learn them, and it's even more beautiful and good to share those who do not know those truths? Mm. Or are we doing it to serve our own, like, agenda? And if we are doing it to serve our own agenda, then the question becomes, is that Christian? You know, is that Catholic? Mm. Um, so I think that's a huge part of the culture for me was seeing these professors and then the staff and then Monsignor as well being these examples of people who work ridiculously hard, amazing work ethic, but then also they have big dreams that's ordered. It says God first, um, others next, and then how do I serve those people with my gifts and my talents? Mm. So you don't feel belittled, but in fact you feel very empowered. Um, but in a way, I think that's a different coloring than what the world tells you. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a little bit of my experience and how the university took like what was already inside me a big ambition and I think just purified and helped to become more more focused. Amen. I love what you said about the temptation to follow to oh I'm doing this for my glory. I'm gonna achieve mm. glory for myself mm. um, achieve virtue for myself and everyone can look up to me as an example, but it's really not about us. It's mm. it's about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being a witness, like you said that your professors and Monsignor and the people that have led you with that idea of servant leadership, how beautiful that is, you know? I can't remember the exact passage where it comes from, but I know it's in Scripture. It's like, the world doesn't listen to teachers. It listens to witnesses. And if it does listen to teachers, it's because they were first witnesses, you know? So to be able to get that witness and to buy into the teaching as well, like, that's a really beautiful example of what servant leadership is. Um, So what a gift. What a gift. Absolutely. Maggie, we need to take a quick break, but let's just continue this conversation. Um, Hmm. So everyone stay tuned. We're chatting with Maggie Vincent, who's a focus missionary up at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Where else do you have a consistent moral teaching? Where else do you go for that? Um, Our teaching is based on the truths of the gospel, the teachings of Jesus Christ. They're based on the natural law of who we are by the Creator. And it's a consistent vision and truth about the human person. It's all based in the dignity and worth of human beings. So whatever aspect we're looking at, it's a better life when we're talking about an unborn child, yes, a child that has special needs. Those are gifts. And parents who have raised children in that have shared with me the beauty that has come about in their life by embracing that child. You know, the Catholic Church believes the importance of marriage. 
and we defend marriage. We defend the term gender. God has made us male and female. There's a beauty to that. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere on Alexa-enabled devices. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back. This is Dylan Reinhart and Teresa Curley. And we are here at the Pius 12th Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. Been a wonderful morning. Had a a few wonderful guests, and right now we have Maggie Vincent, who is a missionary up at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, just, yeah, pouring her heart out about, before we went on break, about how the culture of the University of Mary has deeply impacted and shaped her call to missionary discipleship. Um, Maggie, we left off with you talking about that impact, and I think something, one thing that I have that comes to mind right now is, you know, one, why do we need missionaries out of Catholic campus when it seems that, you know, oh, well, if it's a Catholic campus, everybody should already have it figured out and already be sent on their way. Um, and then, yeah, if there's anything else that you have on your heart and your mind to share within that realm, too, feel free, um, yeah, to bless us with that wisdom and insight that you have. <laughs> wow, thank you, Dylan. The words <laughs> you use make it sound so fancy, and I love it. Um yeah, no, this is one of my favorite questions because, uh, as expected, sometimes people say to me, you're at University of Mary with Monsignor Shea? Like, why do you need missionaries there? Mm. You know, it's just the campus is submerged in just Catholicism. Um, and so something really beautiful that I've experienced and I've loved to share with uh, different people that support me and people that are invested in mission, especially on the college campus, is that... Uh, Mission has so many different strands and different avenues that it's called to go and be down. And so I I honestly go back to St. Paul. I think about the ways he visited the different communities, and he really tailored the message of the gospel to what they needed. So for the Athenians, it's like they literally are pagan. They don't know who God is. They're not even a theist. And so he stands up on that rock, and he says he appeals to the thing that they will understand. So he says, I know you worship an unknown God. And then essentially continues to say, like, I have that thing you're seeking. Um, so appealing to those people. So, you know, that's a form of mission right there. And mm-hmm. I think many campuses fall in that where a lot of my um, fellow missionaries are at places that I think are more secular in nature. And it might be that the person's never even heard the name of Jesus. So that's a very important element of mission. And I think so many focused missionaries experience that in their time. Um, but then another thing that I think sometimes we forget about is, yeah, Paul goes to Corinth. And those people actually know the Word of God, and they actually mm. know Jewish tradition. They're a little more learned. But he comes in there, and they're just steeped in sin. <laughs> you know, it's terrible, but they're, like, using the temples for orgies. It's mm. actually terrible. And yeah. so he is sitting there going and saying, kind of, like, reminding them of who they are. You know, like, who are you, you know, in Corinth? And uh, what does it mean to be moral? Um, and so I, I classify that more as he's coming in and reminding people who already are grounded in faith 
what it means to be Christian and what it means mm. to come back and to fully live out their faith. Um, and so my point here is just that there's so many different avenues of mission, and I think being at the University of Mary, what we have is actually a, a variety of different things. It's such a small school, but in North Dakota, it's known regionally for its nursing program, its education program. You get a lot of local people who they might be Lutheran, they might be Catholic, but it could also be nominal. They've maybe never practiced that or um, have accepted it fully as their own as an adult. Um, you also have people like myself who came literally because they found it on the Newman Guide and they came for the Catholic identity. Um, mm-hmm. so you're going to have those people who are on fire, but perhaps just like need a little bit of tailoring. You know, they need that coaching just the same way Paul like had to teach Timothy and write him letters and sharing mission with him. Uh, students who come, even when they're full of fire for the faith, they, they need mentorship and they need mm-hmm. discipleship. Um, and then also a, lo- a lot big thing I like to point out is the University of Mary has some awesome sports teams. And so... People come in for sports, and they have no idea. They're like, I met an amazing football player the other day, and he was just sharing with me all the images of Mary. He was like, I don't know who this person is. I'm like, this mm. is such a big deal. And, you know, he was just so interested and enamored by uh, the culture. And so I think that even to understand this Catholic campus, there's so many different groups of people. Uh, but what I want to hone in on is, as a missionary, what I our team has really been focusing on is this theme of, teaching teachers to teach. So we have the gift of amazing professors who are already teaching these students what it means to live lifelong Catholic mission. So we get to come in and we get to have those conversations with them of, okay, well, how are you actually going to do this right now in this time in this place? Um, So taking something abstract and helping them understand you can do it now. And I tell my women this all the time. um, When I meet with them and I ask, how's your Bible study going? How is your discipleship going with your women? Um, I try to tell them, build these habits now, because our goal mm. is that when you graduate, you haven't ended your time with focus, you just built these habits in your heart, just like virtue. We want virtue to be this mm. disposition in our heart, so that when you go and you become a nurse, I have a gal right now who's a senior, she's engaged and about to be, go, be a nurse, that's your next chapter, and we want these habits of mind and heart that you've built, hopefully, um, through the help and the mentorship of focus missionaries, to just seep into what you do, how you act in your parish, the way you take initiative in your job, the way you love your family. Um, and so, yeah, I think being on a Catholic campus, we get the gift of focus, like to call it the build, but we get to build people who already have a fire in their heart and just mm. help them become capable, but most importantly, on fire for souls and, and send them out uh, back into the culture and back into communities. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that, Maggie. That's so beautiful. So teaching teachers how to teach and it's something that I've been really as well this year, like thinking about a lot is just like, man, like how are we actually setting students up to go forth in their communities and take this yeah. habit that they built of prayer, of discipleship, and like actually take action and initiative um, in their future yeah. parishes, which is beautiful. So Maggie, we have a few more minutes left. Um, would love to talk. You had mentioned that a big theme of this year with your women in particular, and that's been prevalent on campus is this theme of healing. Um, what are your thoughts on healing and its importance to stepping into that call of missionary discipleship? Ooh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I'd like to say is that um, you can't give what you don't have. Mm. So a beautiful thing that I have seen, um, especially since January till now, it's almost graduation time, is as we go deeper um, and people are open to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, like, put me in, Coach. Like, I want to serve. I want to do this. What they quickly find is that they're actually not okay. <laughs> mm. um, because the more you de- dive into the spiritual life and you're honest with the Lord, you realize, I have these wounds, and, and there's so many mm. different forms of wounds. Um, 
but also to remember that the Lord is healer. I love Pope Francis when he says the church is a field hospital. Um, and so our goal is to come in and we try to serve in the ministry with the Lord um, and try to heal with him and ask him to teach us how to heal, but then also be healed by him. And so, yeah, with my women, there's been an incredible air of honesty. Um, so many of our conversations will come in and, yeah, when you're in focused discipleship, like we honestly don't really leave a lot out. Um, mm. we, we really talk to you. We're like, how's chastity going? How's sobriety? Are mm. you trying to be excellent in your studies and in your friendships? Um, so these women really are put on the spot to be courageous um, in how they share. Um, but the vulnerability that developed and how I've seen in this semester at University of Mary is women are saying, I need healing. And I'm not scared to talk about it because actually my testimony of needing to mm. be healed like encourages the younger women who perhaps don't feel secure enough to let that out. Mm. Um, and, and, and the impact has been incredible. We had an amazing woman come and speak on campus named Rachel Kalaki. She works with Magdala Ministries, and the theme was female sexuality in a pornographic culture. Mm. Uh, and the conversation, as you can imagine, was just incredibly vulnerable, but it was very deep. Um, and just following up with my women after those conversations, we had such a great talk about some people can't even get to prayer. Like, they try and go and pray, but their conversation with God, it can't even take root because they have so much healing to do. They're just mm. living out of their wounds. Um, so, yeah, there has been a new conviction on my heart that in order to be on mission, um, three things that, like, if you are doing focused preparation for being in formal discipleship, they'll talk about the necessity of leading and preaching, but then healing is a big part of it. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that's just come out. And I love it because when you accept the healing that needs to happen, it actually also takes the pressure off yourself. Um, mm. And I think takes away the temptation for like the selfish thoughts of, oh, I'm fixing this person or this person is my project. Instead, you're going in and you're asking, Jesus, where can I, like, touch? Um, just like the woman that, like, tried to touch the garment of Jesus in the crowd. Mm. We just say, like, Jesus, I come and I try and touch you so that I may be healed. And I tell others about it. So I could go on and on, but I think those are some of the big themes. Uh, it's been really beautiful to see. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Maggie. I love, I love just the zeal in your voice. Can really feel, you know, that inspiration of the Holy Spirit in your heart. So, thank you so much for, yeah, being with us and sharing with listeners about what's going on at you, Mary, in your life, and your conviction, and just the beautiful call to missionary discipleship and our own call to healing and going out and bringing healing into the world through the process of our healing, um, which is so beautiful because it's Christ who's at the center of it all. Um, so thank you once again, Maggie, for being with us this morning. It's been a great joy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa Dillon. It's been so much fun. I enjoyed this so much. Sure. Mm. We'll keep you in our prayers for sure. Thanks, Maggie. Oh, thank you. you. I'll be praying for you as well. God bless. All right. Well, we have a great show lined up for Monday. Eli, could you tell us about that? Sure. Thanks, Teresa. Another great show coming up Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Brad Gray and Janine Bitson coming to you live from our Fargo studios. They'll visit with Dr. Philip and Isaac Pop about the study of God. Then Keith Braddock will talk about coming into the church this Easter. Plus, Andy Andy Griffith, easy for me to say, will tell us how men can be a voice for the unborn. All this and so much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Awesome. Thanks, Eli. Wow. What a show this morning. Yeah. Super packed. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, one one word that really comes to mind is that word just initiative. You mm. know, taking initiative, um, even stemming from 
Deacon take an initiative to create this resource that is needed to intertwine the works of mercy with the stations. Amy coming in and talking about taking initiative for your own healing and for this idea that, you know, just because we have anxiety, depression, fear doesn't mean that we lack in faith, but we take initiative for our healing. Talking with Ryan about taking initiative and going out and impacting others with that same love that you've received. And then Maggie jumping in as well, talking about taking initiative for healing and for discipleship and like taking initiative and being vulnerable with people mm-hmm. that are trusted and being vulnerable with our Lord. Um, so that's one thing that really comes to my mind right now. How about yourself? What's been standing out? Yeah, I got discipleship. Mm. Um, just... You know, Simon was helping Jesus carry his cross, but it was really Jesus discipling him. And then what Ryan was saying about showing up on the Newman Center mm. and embraced with open arms, um, and just kind of the importance of walking with each other. Amen. Amen. Um, How beautiful. It's uh, Yeah, it's really beautiful, that, that idea of discipleship and mission. We were reading in the Catechism yesterday as a team. In paragraph 1731, one thing that it says is, like, man is shaped by, like, his own action. Mm. And, like, freedom and responsibility of, like, the actions that we take have very real impact on our life. So it's like, what what actions do I want to take? Um, and where does that action come from? Does it come from me trying to just make stuff happen and being self-reliant? Or am I sitting down and waiting for those promptings of the Lord and waiting to see where he's calling me to take action, initiative, and discipleship? Amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a great day. God yeah. bless you. Thanks for being with us. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.